Hi, I'm Mark, and I know everybody has stress in their lives. Stress about work? Yes, sir, I'm sorry. I'll be glad to help you with it. If I can just... Stress about travel? Come on. Come on! Stress about finances? Okay, I've finished the budget, and we can get everything done this month. Well, when do we need that by? <sighs> I guess we can float a late payment on one of the cards, so I'll just put in some more OT at work. I'll ask if I can work the weekends. Stress about health. Yes, I need to reschedule my doctor's appointment. I, I know. Well, the truth is I can't afford it this month. Yes, I have insurance, but that doesn't cover everything and you know it. No, I still have the rash. I'm not trying to sound egotistical, but my situation is a bit more complicated. Master, the beast is freed from its thousand-year slumber and is eating the crew. Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, tire you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder, don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts, you are not machines, you are not cattle, you are men. Good morning, Vietnam! This is Sparta! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This is my boomstick! Go ahead. Make my day. You shall not pass! Get to the chopper! Where's my super suit? Expectum Patronum! The truth shall set you free! the truth. You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Oh, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Long live the king. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? No. I am your father. Stop eating my sesame cake! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! They're coming to get you, Barbara. We all go a little mad sometimes. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have such sights to show you. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. <laughs> Hi, I'm the Eclectic Dyslexic, and I have stress in my life. Stress about work? Get the flamethrowers on its right side and lay down suppression fire! Ah! 
shot! I've been shot! It is just a flesh wound. I was using that flesh! Dressed about travel? Master, welcome back. How did the new shuttle work for you? Oh. Oh, yeah, the shuttle worked well. Got me all the way to Earth. And how was your visit home? Short. You see, when you fly into Earth unannounced, in a ship made of known supervillain design, <laughs> have a tendency to shoot at you until you're forced to retreat. Dress about finances? So this quarter we had a little extra in the budget. So we'll be adding an arcade to the West Wing. Ooh, that sounds nice. How we get so much extra this quarter? We blackmailed the royal family of Luxembourg. What? Oh, it was quite easy. I God damn it, return the money now. I have to call them and apologize. But we've already ordered the Donkey Kong machine. Someone get me the Luxembourg royal family on the line and a translator. Where's my mask? Stress about health. Now I will inject the nanites, which will repair the damage to the tissue. Will this hurt? Yes. Yeah! Oh, how delightful. Get the hell out of here! You seem a bit stressed. I could inject you with- Fodder? I would leave now if I were you, Doctor. His short patience with doctors is well documented. Of course. <laughs> hey, on your way out, pick up your Hippocratic Oath. You seem to have dropped it on the floor there. Master, I would be remiss if I did not say you have seemed stressed as of late. You are not thinking of activating Protocol 7, are you? I don't know. What if I was? Well, we would like to avoid any extreme reactions if they can be avoided. May I offer another solution? Okay, let's hear it. You need a me day. Relax. Eat some comfort food. Watch one of your comedic movies. I took the liberty of running our video library against your psych evaluation and found this. Oh my god, Midnight Madness. I haven't seen this since I don't know how long. You know, this may do the trick. Mug shots. Allow me to explain why I've gathered you all here. The five of you are invited, more accurately challenged, to compete in my latest creation, the ultimate game, which I call the Great All-Nighter. Each of you will act as a team captain and select your own crew to participate in the game, which will be played in the following manner. Sunshine? At the onset, each team will be given a complicated clue, which, when solved, will lead them to a location somewhere in the city. Once there, the team must use its skill and wit to obtain the next clue. That clue leads them to the next location, and so forth. The game will begin Friday at sunset and continue on through the night until one team is the first to arrive at a final location, the finish line. There, the winning team will receive a trophy and, more importantly, prove to the other teams that theirs is the best group of all. <sighs> well, I'll see you all Friday. Are there any questions? <laughs>
I can't believe this. I can't believe what I said. I've had enough of this. I'm getting out of here. Midnight Madness, the ultimate game that requires sophisticated strategy. <laughs> and rigorous self-control. Midnight Madness, it's about... It's about girls. I thought you'd never ask. It's contagious. It's Midnight Madness. Catch it at a theater near you. Midnight Madness, 1980, Comedy. The eccentric Leon planned the great all-nighter, a game he has been working on for a year, by picking college students to participate in an all-night-long scavenger hunt. The five rival teams are given clues to solve, leading them to the next clue, hidden throughout the city. Starring, David Naughton, Deborah Klinger, Eddie Deason, Stephen First, and making his film debut, Michael J. Fox, as Scott, the younger brother. Bullet points. We follow two girls on roller skates, Sunshine and Candy, as they pass out invitations to various people across campus to this rockin' disco beat. Adam, our heroes, ladies and gentlemen, arrives at an apartment with his invitation along with the others that got theirs. Wesley, the nerd, Levitus, the jock, Donna, the woman, and Harold in the dual role of rich kid and fat kid. They find out they were invited to play a game created by... Each of them refused to play, but Leon is not worried. He says he studied each of these people carefully, and that each one of them will change their minds about playing his game. One by one, they do change their minds. The jocks tick off Wesley and Donna's group. Levitus wants another chance to embarrass Wesley. Adam wants to impress Laura, a girl he likes. And Harold's dad pressures him into playing because he wants him to be more like Adam. They each gather their teams. Donna has the red team with Burley, Peggy, and Lulu. The majority of Peggy and Lulu's characters revolve in the fact that they are fat twins. <sighs> Wesley has the white team with his three unnamed nerds. Seriously, these guys never get mentioned by name. Even in the credits, they are listed as debaters one through three. <laughs> Levitus has the green team with Blaylock, Kudzu, Gerber, and Armpit, collectively known as... M-E-A-T-M-A-C-H-I-N-E Mean Machine! Mean Machine! Alright, right! And Harold has the blue team, with his girlfriend Lucille, Melio, a jackass, Barf, a moron, and Blade, a thug. Adam's team has him, Laura, Marvin, who has a jeep, but he wants one more member. 
That's when Flinch, a young man who Adam's been counseling, comes and says that he got a date. Adam sees her and, thinking she was ugly, drags Flinch away, saying, You're coming with me. Even though Flinch and his date both genuinely seem to be excited about going out. Our heroes, ladies and gentlemen. Harold is confident that he will win because his dad bought him a new van with a turbocharged engine, an observation bubble, and a high-tech piece of equipment called Computer. The teams gather and get their first clue that they decipher as See the Stars. However, they all interpret this differently and head off to different locations across the city. Harold is the only one who gets the clue right, as he uses the computer. At Game Control, aka the apartment of Leon, his landlady says if she gets one more complaint on him, she'll evict him. Once she leaves, Candy sticks out her tongue at her. That's why... Adam's team figures out the correct location is the observatory, and they go to use the telescope to find the next clue. A pervy 12-year-old boy is hogging the telescope to spy on women undressing, until Adam tells his father that he's looking in the opposite direction of Venus. Adam sees the woman undressing in the telescope, and then tells Flinch they'll have to come back another day. Our heroes, ladies and gentlemen. However, they do find the right clue and then go. Harold's deciphers the clue, and they go to the piano museum. Before heading in, Harold hides his snacks under the computer board, so his girlfriend doesn't find him cheating on his diet. They find the clues as tune on a piano, with the chords A, G, F, B, A, E, F, E, and E. They try using the to decipher the clue, but Harold forgot his snacks were hidden underneath. The marshmallow gums up the works and destroys the <gasps> Linguo! Dead! Linguo is dead! <laughs> with The neighbors stop by to complain about the noise. However, they get curious about the game and stop to learn more. On their way to the piano museum, the yellow team finds Adam's little brother who- Holy crap, that's Michael J. Fox! Sorry, sorry, uh, where was I? Um, oh yeah, Adam's little brother Scott was running away from home. Adam doesn't have time to take him home, so he takes him with him. Dang, that's Michael J. Fox! All the other teams are investigating the Piano Museum when the green team... ...finds the tune on the piano and plays it. They realize it's the Paps Blue Ribbon theme song. They yell out, the next clue must be at the Paps Blue Ribbon Brewery, to which everybody yells thank you. 
Before the red team can get to the brewery, Peggy and Lulu jump out of the truck and run into a carnival. In order to get them back, they park in a towaway zone and then chase them through a series of fat jokes. When they do get back, a smart-ass tow truck driver is hooking up their truck to be towed. The other teams decide to take a tour of the brewery. However, the green team... ...gets sidetracked as one of them dives into a vat of beer. The yellow team gets kicked out of the building when Scott tries to steal some beer. However, they do find the clue on the outside of the building in the loading area. This leads them to Johnny's Fat Boy Burger Restaurant. Back with more neighbors show up to complain, but they see the other neighbors watching the game and being served snacks by candy. They get curious and stay to see what's going on. The blue team didn't have much luck deciphering the clue. This was as close as they got. Hey Barf, do you want to scramble those letters yet? Fag a beefy? A fag a beefy? Really a whole fag a Shut up! The blue team finds the yellow team heading to the restaurant and follow them. When the yellow team goes inside, Harold flattens their tires and drains out most of their gas. <laughs> Teams blue, yellow, and white make it to the restaurant and the clue tells them to look between the giant melons. So they order all the melons on the menu and are served by a very busty waitress. Uh-huh. Once they realize which melons Leon is referring to, they take more and more extreme measures to get the waitress's attention, until she slips and her necklace comes off. The teams grab it, and it reads, Hug Me. The yellow team deciphers the clue in the most Adam West Batman way possible. Okay, hug me. Hug me. It might be scrambled. Now what can we make of it? Uh, he mug. Come he! but then they find their car has been sabotaged. They split up to find help. Lauren spends some time with Scott and finds out he's lashing out to get his brother's attention. He says Adam forgot today was his birthday. Adam tells Flinch he's thinking of giving up, which makes Flinch mad. So he stands in the middle of the road to get a car to stop. Then, full of confidence, carjacks two girls to get to the miniature golf world. Now, I know it's not supposed to come off that way, but let's face it, that's what happened. Our heroes, ladies and gentlemen.
back with Leon. The landlady comes to evict him because of the complaint. Leon asks all of his neighbors that are in the room with him if they have any complaints, but they don't. The green team has finally left the brewery, but they have never found the clue. They have to pull over so one of them can throw up. They pull into the miniature golf world parking lot and see the other team's cars and realize they're back in the game. Because who are we? Once the red team's truck was hooked up to the tow truck, they get it back by stealing the tow truck away from the tow truck driver. One by one, the teams find the next clue and move to the next location, which is the airport. All except the red team, who skip over the miniature golf challenge and just follow the green team to the next location. has fake Harry Krishnas handing out clues as pamphlets at the airport. That clue leads them to an arcade called Pinball City. There they have to beat a video game that is definitely not Star Wars to get the next clue. Scott knows how to beat the game and Lauren encourages him to do so, but Adam shows no gratitude. Upset, Scott runs off. Adam is wanting to leave him behind, but this makes his team turn on him. Lauren reminds him that he forgot Scott's birthday. Back with The party has grown, so the landlady calls the cops to have him arrested. But just like everyone else, the cops get swept up into the game. His landlady smashes some of Leon's equipment and demands the cops do their duty. So they arrest the landlady. Adam comes to the conclusion that being a dick is a dick move, so he and his team go look for Scott. Scott is picked up by the blue team, who force him to tell him where the finish line is. After getting the information, they dump him out of the van. Adam finds his brother, and the two of them make up. At the arcade, the green team and the red team start a fight, causing all kinds of chaos, including breaking the video game before the white team can get the clue. The green team also accidentally destroys the red team's truck. <laughs> Teams red and white decide to team up so they can get to the finish line at the Bonaventure Hotel. Harold had the lead, but his girlfriend forced him to return to pick up a doll that she dropped. This puts Adam and Harold back on an even footing again. Candy? Sunshine? Three cops and his entire apartment complex head to the Bonaventure Hotel for the big finish. All the teams show up and make a mess of the hotel trying to find the clue, when Leon pages a Mr. Game Player and tells them to look at the pool expressly. Adam figures out this means to look at the pool from the view of the express elevators. Harold figures out that Adam knows something and follows him. The other teams just throw each other into the pool. Thank <laughs> you.
Leon's landlady, in handcuffs and still with the group, calls security and lets them know to kick out everyone in room 2704. From the express elevator, Adam and Harold see that the room's 2704 is spelled out in chairs near the pool. Adam gets in the lead, but Harold shuts off the power to the elevators, trapping them inside, also trapping security right as they reach the 27th floor. Harold heads up the stairs, and Marvin uses Scott's retainer to MacGyver the elevator back into use. They both reach the 27th floor at the same time. Harold grabs the fire hose, but Adam releases the security from the elevator, so they get sprayed instead. This causes them to kick out Harold's team. The yellow team makes it to the room and win the game. They celebrate Scott's birthday, and Adam and Lauren finally kiss. But me personally... Super Villain Beatdown. In the 80s, Nerd had a name, and that name was Eddie Deason. And furthermore, this frivolous pastime is designed for mindless apes to play. And then there is the question as to whether football players belong in an academic institution in the first place. Let us be frank. It is certainly no secret that these mentally deficient, giant, uncivilized Bulgarians care nothing about the nobler pursuits such as art, music, and library science. Well, I think I've made myself quite clear. If there are any comments from the audience, just feel free to toss them right up here. You've just been I've got balls of steel. Okay, I know Lauren is supposed to be the college student and Scott is supposed to be the high school teen, but I felt they had better on-screen chemistry than Adam and Lauren. I kind of wanted them to end up together. <laughs> Paul Rubin makes a cameo as the clerk at Pinball City in a costume that I'm pretty sure inspired Cowboy Troy. In conclusion, this can be our chance to finally show those football gorillas how real men compete. Wesley is right, especially after what those guys did to us at the debate. All in favor? Aye! Motion carry! You've just I've got balls of steel. On top of all the over-the-top stuff, there's also some subtle humor in this. My favorite is when the red team sneaks into the hotel disguised as maids. Donna opens the guest door with her pass, and she hears a scream. And before leaving, she takes one more quick look into the room as if to say, What were those people doing? <laughs> it's easy. But what is it? It's a lookout off some road or something. Means... Cherry Point. How'd you get that? Well, it's one of a chair. That's a chair. One of an E. 
That's E. Not a pin. That's point. Chair E point. Cherry point. What about the ball? <laughs> you idiot! Leon looks like a scruffy deadbeat, but he has time to make this game, set up clues all over the city at his own personal expense, and has two girlfriends? I bet Leon's got some bucks. What I want to know is, what does Leon mean by two giant melons? Hug me! You've just been <laughs> I've got balls of steel. Just in case I didn't mention it before. Wait, just a minute. I object. Is this the only way you slap the meat know how to handle anything? Can't you guys ever act civilized and work things on an intellectual level? You've just been teasing. I've got balls of steel. For Adam's last year in college, he decided to study abroad. He went to Europe. It was right about that same time that Big Wolf was seen in Piccadilly Circus. For the look between the giant melons clue, we see how the characters go to extremes to get the waitress's attention. They try to order more food, tell them there's a bug in the water, start breaking dishes. Harold even knocks over everything on his table in order to get her to come over. I'd like to suggest a strategy that none of them actually thought of. Excuse me, miss. May I see your necklace? Yes. Leave us alone. What's the matter with you, lunatic? Please, take a brochure. It is free. We don't want any of your humble literature. You guys better get out of our way. You've just been teasing. <laughs> I've got balls of steel. I hear Leon went on to become a producer on Survivor. Harold, look at me when I'm talking to you. Adam is such a successful, enterprising young man. Why can't you be more like him? Dad, I'm not Adam. Why don't you just look at me for what I am? Yuck. Now that we're all here, we can begin. Candy and Sunshine and I will be running the game from my apartment, henceforth to be known as Game Control. We'll be plotting your progress on the game map. You must phone in from each clue location so that we can keep track of you at all times. It is now sunset. Candy and Sunshine will distribute the first clue. Before you trip over your cape, Batman, riddle me this. What has four legs, runs day and night, but never gets anywhere? 
A river runs day and night. Yes, but it gets somewhere. It runs to the ocean. A fountain. It could be a fountain. I think you're on the right track, Robin. But that four legs business, that stumps me. An animal has four legs. Maybe the fountain has an animal in it. The famous lion fountains in front of the Gotham City Museum? Yeah, they make it small in those heads, but there's nothing like having one of these mean machines between your legs. You've just been decent. <laughs> I've got balls of steel. Rogue's Gallery. I'm going to invite you to a show. But first, allow me to destroy your gallery. It's crap! Harold is played by Stephen First, who is most notably Flounder in National Lampoon's Animal House. And I have to say, even as a jerk, he's a delight. Harold is a sad, spoiled, and angry individual, despite having every advantage handed to him. He comes from money, he's given everything he's asked for, he has a girlfriend who many would say is out of his league, but still he feels he deserves more, better, and now. He figuratively and literally feels that others should be cleaning up his messes. If white privilege had a face, it would look like Harold, who we now introduce into the rogues gallery. Sometimes when things get you stressed, you need to just walk away. Take that moment to breathe. Do that fun thing that you love to do to help you relax. Because before too long, life will catch up with you. Master, I'm sorry to disturb you. I thought you wished to know. Team Gamma returned the money to the Luxembourg royal family. Oh good, are they back? I'm afraid not. The Grand Ducal police were there. Tensions rose. They didn't make it. <sighs> Give me a list of their next of kin. Also, add Luxembourg to the list of places I'm no longer allowed to go to on my home planet. Yes, master. Computer, lock doors. Doors locked. Dim lights. Lights dimmed. Computer, activate protocol 7. Warning, once protocol 7 is activated it cannot be stopped until its conclusion. Are you sure you wish to activate protocol 7? Yes, activate. Activating Protocol 7. Deeply dipped about the curves you got. Deeply hot, hot for the curves you got. Deeply dipped about the fun we had. Deeply mad, mad for the fun we had. Oh, my love. I can't make heads nor tail of passion Oh my love Let's set sail for seas of passion now Oh God, what is that? Deeply dip about the way you walk A contact sport Let the neighbors talk Deeply dip like a superman I'll explain, you're my lowest lane, oh my love, I can't make heads no tail of passion, oh my love, let's set sail for seas of passion now.
lord, he did it. He actually did it. Sierra smiles, legs that go on for miles and miles. Oh, see those legs. Miles and miles. I said, oh, my love, I can't make heads nor tail of passion. Set sail for seas of passion Oh, my love I can't make heads nor tail of passion Oh, my love Let's set sail for seas of passion now I'm taking a hop to Tahiti Listen up, people. We need to do better from now on. We can never allow that to happen again. As the man once said, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. When life gives you the tools to be the bad guy, it's important to try to be good. Make someone smile. Make someone laugh. Share your favorite movie with them. And if you need some shelter from the villains of your life, then make sure to join me back here, in the secret lair. This is Mark, the Eclectic Dyslexic, signing off.